Hello and welcome, and thank you for joining. I'm your host, Seth Haskin. I started this podcast to dive deeper into the ways we know one another and God. The goal of this podcast is to ask the question, why God loves? I invite people from many walks of life to join me on this adventure. As we dive deeper into personifying God, we have to bring him into our three-dimensional world, but also understand that he lives in another state of being, the fourth dimension. I'd like to welcome and thank our guest today. He's the Associate Dean of Residence Life at Bethel University. With a Bachelor of Arts in Interpersonal Communication from Pepperdine, is that correct? Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Yeah. Pepperdine. The waves. Uh, and a master in science, uh, master's in science from uh, Azusa? Azusa, yeah. Azusa Pacific University. He proves to be a great leader, and please welcome our guest, Gus Tiffer. Can you tell us about yourself? Well, thank you for having me, Seth. About myself. Um, let's see. A couple things to know about me that feel really important are I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. So I was born 10 minutes east of downtown Los Angeles. And so I'm born and raised there. It's a little town you called... You were born Bo- a star. I was born... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you would say the place I'm from is brings stardom, but I'm from a place called Boyle Heights, uh, which is in Los Angeles, California. I am... Um, son of uh, an immigrant dad and a, sec- and a first generation mom, and so I consider myself kind of a a mix of first gen, second gen mm-hmm. uh, United States person. Um, let's see. I went to Pepperdine University, beautiful campus. I, I might share more about that later. Um, wonderful experience in college. I was first in my family to go to college. Um, through a lot of different steps, ended up here in Minnesota to work at Bethel University where I've been now for the last going on seven years. So that is the very short who I am introduction to me. Perfect. Were you always raised in a Christian-esque household, or did you choose Bethel because later in life you wanted to? Or? That's a great question. I was not raised in a Christian home. Okay. Um, my background is uh, like Mexican, uh, Latino, mm-hmm. or Latinx, and... Uh, I would say I was culturally Catholic, which okay. is a lot of kind of mm-hmm. the experience of Latino, Hispanic people that at least I knew growing up. So, no, I didn't go to church regularly. We went to church on kind of the, the big ones, you know, Christmas, Easter. For some reason, we always went on like Mother's Day. <laughs> and so those were kind of our big ones. I didn't really start exploring much about my faith until I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, Pepperdine is a Christian University. Um, I forget the the denomination, but I didn't choose it because it was Christian. I chose it because it gave me uh, the best financial aid package. And so, mm-hmm. um, but that's where I first started exploring anything really about Christianity. All right. Could you tell us more? Did you want to tell us more? Sure. Of yeah, course. Just explain course, your experience at Pepperdine. Dine, dine. Yeah, Pepperdine. 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 Um, let's see. It is a Christian University. I can't, uh, the, the denomination is escaping me. Right? Church of Christ is what it's called. Okay. Um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I grew up, uh, like I said, kind of going to Catholic church. Uh, when I went to Pepperdine, um, I remember one of, one of some of my first memories there around faith are, uh, I remember there was a, uh, the pastor, the campus pastor. Um, I remember him talking and he was wearing like, shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops <laughs> and he was kind of this cool uh, middle-aged balding man and the only person i'd ever heard talk about god was a priest and, and catholicism priests kind of wear 
like a robe and mm-hmm. the like uh, the collar um, and Catholic mass is sort of a certain way. It's mm-hmm. very ritualistic, which I have now come to really love. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, this guy talking about God and Jesus. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> like talking about God and he doesn't even look like a priest. And, and I remember they played like a, they played some contemporary song kind of in, instead of a worship song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember sitting there and I was like, this is really, really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at, there was, at Pepperdine, we had this thing on Fridays called Celebration Chapel, mm-hmm. which was a, kind of a student-led um, worship service and speaking time. And I went with a friend because he was one of my first friends there. And when they started singing, uh, everyone stood up and was kind of, you know, doing the worship thing, like raising their hands and, uh, you know, obviously listening to the music. And I remember just sitting there and I, I didn't like, I didn't want to or didn't like standing up for a long time because it felt really strange to experience worship in that way, especially, mm-hmm. again, coming from Catholic school, mm-hmm. which was very, um, Catholic school and, and, and Catholic mass, which is very ritualistic and mm-hmm. some more somber and slow um, more traditionalist. And so anyway, um, those are my kind of my first two memories of Christianity there mm-hmm. at Pepperdine. And I just remember feeling strange and out of place and really questioning whether I wanted to be part of this Christian thing that was happening there. Um, I had a, a professor, um, if she'll ever listen to this, Tabitha Jones, shout out. Um, hoot, hoot. She really walked with me throughout my first mm-hmm. two years there. She was uh, one of my first professors I had at Pepperdine, and she was awesome. She would invite our class over to her house, and we did like Bible studies and conversations about God, and I had opportunities to ask her lots of questions about what it meant to be, yeah, what it meant to be Christian versus Catholic, and um, in some ways it's very, very similar, and obviously mm-hmm. in lots of ways it's very different, um, and just kind of what it meant to be like a Christian in the world, and what why Christian school, and what the importance of Christian colleges, things like that. Um, so she really walked slowly with me, which I appreciated. And then another friend who I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but uh, Juan Carlos Mesa. Um, he was kind of a peer to me and still best friend to this day. Um, but he really, really walked slowly with me as I had lots of questions about my faith and learning uh, learning about it and um, just coming into my own. Mm-hmm. So. That was my first introduction. I have probably lots more stories that I could share, uh, but that's kind of my uh, th- throughout my throughout my four years in college. I, I would say I like slowly developed Got it. more into my understanding of Christianity. That's very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's so weird to think about how many different ways people from Bethel just have different backgrounds in the for way sure. they experience mm-hmm. God for the mm-hmm. first time, or mm-hmm. like if they were always raised and then they come to Bethel and they're like, huh weird i don't have to follow my Mm -hmm. family's way of thinking about christ and they get to like just explore more like you did yeah yeah. i think that's one of my favorite things about bethel i was just saying so i teach well-being to first year Mm -hmm. students and we just covered spiritual unit and one of the things we were talking about was just the different streams of faith and different ways that people connect with god and one of the things i emphasized to them was yeah that bethel at least you're a student here i guess you would actually know uh, to my knowledge, they don't make students sort of sign a particular way of thinking about their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it really invites a broad and wide variety of, of people and where they're at in their own faith journey, uh, which I think... Or no it, faith journey. Or no faith journey, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which would have been like me coming into mm-hmm. college. 
um which i think makes bethel really 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 unique and i think really really special yeah that's why we probably chose it right yeah probably one <laughs> of the reasons yeah yeah long way from home but yes yes uh, and colder <laughs> Especially a lot colder, <laughs> you know, yesterday was what, like 40 something and you yeah. woke up this morning, it was single digits, yeah, yeah, close to three digrees, walked into, walked into the wind work. chill made it feel like it was negative. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, today was one of those days where I was like, uh, did I make the right choice? <laughs> <laughs> did I really make the right choice? To live here? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I've come to love the snow. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love when we just get dumped on. Yeah. Like one week. <laughs> And then, like, we don't have to worry about clearing the roads for a while. Yeah, yeah. That's when it's nice. You sound like a um, true Minnesotan. Wow. I'm actually Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I've lived most of my life in Wisconsin, but still in the Midwest, Arctic Circle area. So I've heard a lot of people here say, like, you know, if it's going to be, you know, no no leaves on the trees, I'd rather it just snow and look pretty than Mm -hmm. than stare at, you know. Yeah. If it's going to be negative 60 out, it should look pretty. That was what? I don't know, three years ago it got that low yeah, maybe yeah. one time. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be negative 30 out, at least have snow yeah. <laughs> to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. All right, so let us talk about relationships Yeah, because that's what this podcast mm-hmm. is all about. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about the relationships the whole time, but sure. it's kind of the guiding premise of the whole thing. So my first question is, and always my first question is, what comes to mind when you hear the word relationship? Mm. I think what comes to mind is the word, um, like the word intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any relationship takes work, and um, I certainly have lots of connections with people um, that I see here and there, that I text every so often, um, that I'll say hi to once every couple years. Uh, but the people that I really want to be in relationship with, um, I have to be way more intentional about. And so my wife, my close friends, um, any of my non-neighbors that I consider really, really close friends, those are people that I have to actually put in work for um, in order to develop um, a, a deep and meaningful connection and, and to help both me be seen in the way I want to be seen and see them, I think, and how they want to be seen. So that's the word that comes to mind is intentionality. Okay. Yeah. So following that question would be, do you put those relationships in different categories? Because you said, I'm more intentional with these Mm -hmm. and not so much these. Yeah. What are, if you do put them in categories or levels, what do those look like for you? And how do they affect, like, how you go about doing things? That's a good question. Categories or levels. Certainly, certainly, I would say the short answer is yes. I think I do have certain categories of people. And so um, one of my coworkers puts it this way, and I like how she puts it. Um, she talks about like a home team, mm-hmm. home, H-O-M-E team. And that those are like kind of one level. So it's like home team is really central. Uh, and then it kind of expands a little bit from there. So my home team would be uh, people like my wife, um, I have three or four really good friends from college from my time at Pepperdine that I stay really connected with. That's my home team. And I think um, some people in my family, my my immediate family, like my mom, my dad, and my brother. Um, And what I mean by home team is people that I communicate with regularly or more than regularly, especially with my wife. 
people that um, just know my story and people that I don't have to necessarily um, like explain myself to mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and people that, yeah, can hold my like all <laughs> often like conflicting thoughts and feelings and people that I can say, say stuff to and not feel embarrassed um, about what I'm feeling. So I would categorize those people as my home team. Um, and then I certainly have really, really good relationships and connections, just like one click or one circle out of that. I don't know what I would necessarily... One orbital. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe going with the home sort of metaphor, you know, the, my neighbors, you know, I think of like three or four families that my wife and I are really close to. And we see like once a month and... Though we don't communicate regularly, there are people that we feel very, very comfortable with. We can ask lots of really deep and meaningful and real questions. Um, and then, like, kind as I click out, there's people that know me in certain ways. So I have, like, really good connections at work, but they know me at work. I have really good connections even with some students, but they kind of know me in a certain, like, way as an RD or now in my, my current job. So... I think there are some relationships I have that are really good, but are very specific to, you know, whatever context that is in, which I suppose is true for lots of relationships, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like the idea of a home team. So, mm -hmm. you know, like you were saying, having those people that you can just talk to, mm -hmm. not feel judged, not feel like you're being too vulnerable with them. Totally. So mm -hmm. very cool, especially just teams in general, but thinking about mm -hmm. teams as a mm -hmm. different form of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so my next question is, what do you envision when you are thinking about your relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, that has developed certainly over my life. You know, I was just saying this to my freshman in my class that how I think about God now is just so different than what I thought about when I was you know, 18, 19, 20. Um, so when, when I think about relationship with God... I think about um, I gotta think about this one real quick. Take your time. I think about maybe this is <laughs> this is maybe a little bit of a cop out answer, but I, I don't necessarily think of it. I I feel like I don't have a lot of words for my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't necessarily see God as like friend um i don't necessarily see god as um unreachable like this being that sits mm -hmm. you know, above and kind of reigns over um i think i think about god as like hard to comprehend hard to understand and at the same time like like deeply within me and deeply within other people um, and something that just seems beautiful. That, those are like words that come to mind when I think about mm -hmm. my relationship with God or how I envision God. Um, I've often said that, and I may, maybe this is just my like relational nature. Um, like I was an interpersonal comm major in college mm -hmm. and I work at a, I've worked at a job for six years where basically I have to build relationships with people, which is awesome. Uh, I see God most clearly in other people. Um, and that's the, probably the only and loudest way that I've ever 
experience God is through other people. Um, like Bible studies and, and Bible reading and worship music is cool. And I, I love that people connect with God in those ways. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just not me. <laughs> um, I've always felt God closest when I'm in and around people that I care a lot about um, or that are just like interesting and, and sharing something interesting about themselves. Yeah. So that'd be my answer. Well, then you're the perfect guest yeah. for this show because <laughs> sure. that is one of the reasons why I started it because yeah. I feel God the same way mm-hmm. in relationships with others or mm-hmm. seeing God through others. I think it's because I'm a very like tangible, like, let me see it, let me feel it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of person. And I think the way I can do that with God is through relationships with people. Yeah. So you're perfect match for the show, <laughs> as uh, is everyone previous yeah, and yeah. in the future, Hopefully. because everyone has relationships, totally. whether they admit it or not. Yeah, so, yeah. and I, I, yeah, I think show. when I was in college, or like first learning about my faith, the way I understood, or maybe how it was told to me, or whatever, I can't quite remember right now, but it cert- it felt like I needed to connect with God in a certain way. So mm-hmm. Bible studies, worship, church on Sundays, uh, prayer, silence, things like that. Um, and even when I was younger and up until now, I've, I just don't feel, I don't feel it in that way. And I think there were seasons of my life where I felt like, is, am I doing something wrong? Am I, you know, not X, Y, Z enough. Um, and I think over the, now that I've gotten older, um, maybe I just don't care as much, but I, I just learned that how I connect with God like matters more for myself and how I kind of eventually live that out than maybe how others like perceive or tell me how to do it. Well, I'm sure people feel the same way that I do. I feel a lot more comfortable with you as my residence director now or yeah. dean of <laughs> residence life. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you used know. to be an RD. Good, good times, <laughs> good times. Be, used to be an RD, but like with your idea of relationship, God, seeing God through relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It's very important. And I think that that you're in a very good position to be responsible for residence life and uh, part of student life on yeah, campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do our best there. Um, <laughs> well, you we care a lot. From about my experience, you do a great job. Thank you, thank you. So I love seeing your emails. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, so many students that I meet, and I start getting to know them, and then they suddenly have this realization: like, I think you email me quite a bit. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. some reminders. Hello, how you doing? You know, yeah. Like well, uh, I've known about you. Yeah. I don't know you that much, but. Sure. Um, I recorded with Miranda Powers. Yeah, yeah. And she mentioned your name. Uh, yeah. After the fact, she's like, you should talk to Gus Tiffer. Yeah. He loves listening to podcasts. Oh, my gosh. That's what I do. That's like the one thing I've done consistently for the last like three years is listen to a podcast like every single day. Yeah. Well, yeah. well welcome. Have you yeah. ever done one? Um, No. No, no, no. Never. Well, this one. is your dream come true. It is. It kind of is. It feels very cool. You know, Technology and the Roadcaster Pro, it's all stuff I've looked up and read about. So it's, it's fun. It's You're fun like, to be how here. do I start my own? Yeah, well, yeah. here you go. Here this you go. is Baby Steps. Well, yeah. this is my first podcast. Yeah. Well, not my first episode, but my first podcast yeah. doing. And yeah. I think you just got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start. You just got to start. You can start in the garage. You can yeah. start in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> you can start in this really sweet studio. I know. Here, Bethel, Bethel has a pretty great studio here. Yeah. So... Um, my next question for you would be, um, what kind, since you are so relationally driven in your vision of God, um, how are some ways that relationships, um, or that, that way of thinking affects the way you 
treat others or have relationships mm-hmm. with others. Yeah. I think because I see and throughout my life have seen God most clearly through other people. Not always. I think in my I'm speaking ideally right now because mm-hmm. the truth ideally. is that I don't always or often behave in these ways, but um I think I just try and treat others kindly um and and treat others gently. I think when I think about what I want or what I think God has me here in the world to do, um those two words come to mind is like kindness and gentleness um, because I think we just kind of live sometimes in a harsh world. And so um, I think that's my goal and that how that, how my view of God influences how I interact with people. Um, I try and be patient. um, I try and listen. I try and be empathetic. um, I try and give people like as much space as they need to think and believe and process. And, you know, as, as maybe, you know, like I think, all people are very like complicated and very um, like conflicted. And what I mean by conflicted is I think we just hold simultaneous thoughts like all the time, like believe one thing, do another thing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of those things I, I try and treat people like really, really gently. Um, and I think, again, I think that's in my ideal state <laughs> for sure. I think about someone like my wife and all the ways that I, do not act generously or gently towards her. And maybe mm-hmm. it's cause she's really, really close to me and knows me kind of the most out of anybody in the mm-hmm. world um, versus maybe a stranger who I don't know. And it's a little bit easier to be patient with. Uh, but again, in my ideal state, uh, I'm really, really trying to see, see and treat others uh, gently and kindly. Perfect. You know, you just got to follow the, Fruits of the spirits, and you got two of them yeah. in your in your belt here that you're working with: patience yeah. and kindness. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, my next question is to you: um, Can we apply what we know about our relationships with others, because you are so relationally driven when you see God? Can we apply what we know about relationships on Earth and with others to help us understand our relationship with God, or God's relationship with his people? It's a good question. Um, I think my answer is that I hope so. <laughs> and I think what I mean by that is, um, uh, I'll speak for myself, I guess. All I know is earthly relationships, right? All I know are my friends and people around me and people that I've come across and, you know, now you to some degree, you know, and I, I hope that through my uh, knowing of the people around me, that somewhere in there, um, there is like some semblance of who God is. Um, and I, I really do believe that's true, even though I maybe can't necessarily prove it or, or point to something very specific. Um, but I, I can think of, you know, I'm thinking of like three or four people off the top of my head right now that because I know them here on this earth, because of the ways that I don't know, they've poured into me or the conversations we've had or, or the moments that we've had uh, that I think I've seen little splices of like who God is through them and, or what God is really like through them, um, which are all the words that I, I've used already. And so, yeah, I, I hope that through my relationships here on earth that I um, that I'm and that I see God in some ways. Uh, so I think my answer is yes. Yeah, I I like to think that I would like to see God through mm-hmm. people, especially since it says 
um, in Scripture that we are his body mm. to do his work. Um, I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm. And if we are doing his work, then we should be able to see God's character. Yeah. Um, so could you describe how you feel about, like, if we're the body of Christ, mm. um, how can we see his work? through the way we treat others, the way we do things with others, sure. relationships. Yeah. The thing that comes to mind is um, it, there's a definition of the word or the phrase spiritual formation that, mm-hmm. I, that I love, um, that I learned from, have you talked to Christine Osgood yet? Yes, so, I have okay, had yeah. her on the show. Okay, yeah. yeah. So she, I took a class with her and she sort of taught me this definition. Uh, <laughs> I can't think about it right now but um it the, the the definition ends with the phrase uh for the sake of the world and the phrase is all about like connecting with god and the community of faith through the work of the holy spirit and um uh, and then it ends with for the sake of the world and what i kind of think what i'm getting at is that i th- i think that and ma- i don't I, I, every time I th- I've said this many times before, and I, I do feel like it's a little bit like oh, that's that might that may not be true or a little bit heretical, but sometimes I think that um, that God cares more about like how we treat other people than maybe how I feel about my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is um, when I, whenever I, when I start, first started learning about Jesus and whenever I look back on how Jesus interacted in the world, yes, like he clearly spent alone time with God up on the mountainside alone. Um, but the only way that people saw his connection with God was through his actions. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about God's character, when I think about, um, how I see God through people, I always think about like, the only way that we see God is through other people. Yes, I could see God in nature. I'm someone that loves nature. Yes, I can feel God or sense God in solitude. But I think God cares the most about, um, like, the way that we interact with other people. Mm-hmm. And so not that he doesn't care, not that God doesn't care about um, how my alone time or personal relationship is with God. But I, I believe somewhere inside me that God cares a lot more about how I treat others than how I uh, sit, sit alone with him. Uh, or with God. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I answered your question. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what comes to mind first. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about um, because in a Western culture, individualism is prized. Oh, yeah. Um, even when the church was developing, you know, um, it was very much philosophical, personal, interpersonal type mm-hmm. of relationship with God, which has its advantages. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't, but at the same time, I feel like we lose sight of how important relationships mm-hmm. are. Um, Christian meaning followers of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, the, the most sincerest form of flattery is imitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if we're going to be followers of Christ, we have to imitate the relationship God wants with his people. And he did it through Jesus. So I think mm-hmm. you're very hitting it on the nose a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think um, about that a lot. Um, do you think that your upbringing in a not so, like, I was born Christian and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, um, and then also your background in L.A. 
compared to the Midwest because, mm. I mean, I have the lens to the Midwest, of course, because sure. I've lived here most of my sure. life. But um, culture in L.A. compared to the Midwest, do you think that has a lot of influence, um, especially coming from um, um, uh, Latino, um, Hispanic uh, lineage as well with being first and second mm-hmm. um, immigration and being the first one in your family to go to college? How yeah. that all influences your yeah. view <laughs> of individualism and like collective sure. like relationships. Yeah. Let's see. A couple things come to mind are... Um, so the two things come to mind are like growing up Catholic and then of course, like the kind of more collectivist background that I come from. Mm -hmm. So to the Catholic piece, um, yeah, I do think, and maybe they're hand in hand a little bit, but I do think when I first started getting exposed to Christianity, um, a lot of the way I learned it was through phrases like you have to have a personal relationship with God you have to um, find alone time with God. You have it's about you know the relationship with God or over religion or something like that. That was a phrase I heard quite a bit, and I remember moments where I felt maybe just confused about the um, why there was such significance pl- significance pl- put on this individual like personal me and God relationship. Um, not because I didn't believe it and not because Mm -hmm. I thought it was wrong. Um, but because I felt like it was just really, 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 really emphasized. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of, to the point I just made, I, I felt like a piece that was missing was, okay, so I have a relationship with God, but I have all these relationships around me that are influencing me. Like a lot and maybe sometimes a lot more than even my relationship with God. And how, mm-hmm. how does that factor in? So I think, yeah, I was a little bit disconnected and probably still am from the like navel gazing. Sometimes like it's about my relationship with God and that's what matters the most, my personal relationship with God. Um, so that's one piece um, that I think just influences how I experience God or like church or, or faith. Um, the second piece, yeah, being from a little bit more of a collectivist culture, um, I have off, I see my place in my, you know, uh, family of origin, um, and in my upbringing, I think just more the phrase that comes to mind is like we over me. I've always, Mm -hmm. I I always think in that way, you know, even being the first in my family to graduate from college, it felt like the college degree that I received, like was for me, obviously, because I have the degree. But it was like for all of us, like mm-hmm. I, I don't even have my degree in my possession. Like my mom has it hanging in her house, um, which is different than, you know, some other people I know that keep their degrees in their office or, or mm-hmm. in their own home, um, which I'm not saying one or the other is bad. I think mm-hmm. I'm just saying that because I grew up in a culture and society that that valued the, this idea of it's about the family. It's about all of us. It's about how. You know, we together um, are going to accomplish or, or move or, or do whatever the whatever you know, situation might be. Um, that because I had that mindset, it was often hard for me to think about my relationship with God in only terms of me and God or one on one. Yeah, so I, I guess they go hand in hand more than I more than I thought as I started talking there. Um, but I oh, think th- those those are my those are. The, the ways I see sort of my background influencing mm-hmm. 
how I experienced uh, Christianity and God today. Yeah, I think fam upbringing. I mean, influences yeah. you a lot, um, but especially the family. I always talk about the family unit. Um, that's what I call it because um, yeah. you are a unit. Yeah. You. I don't think you can exist separate from your family. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, but it's so hard. <laughs> I mean, it, one, one way or the other for, you know, whether your family was a positive thing or a negative thing, mm-hmm. it has an influence on you. And for better or worse, like you're a product. I'm a product of my family. And, and your surroundings. And my surroundings. So there are things for that are for the better and for the worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are big factors in how I experienced life and you know, subsequently God. Yeah. Uh, I remember mentioning Fruits of the Spirit earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast, and you were talking about patience and kindness. I was just thinking about how those Fruits of the Spirit aren't individual. Mm. Like, they have individual goals, mm. but they're all relationally based. Yeah. Because, like, I can have patient I can, I don't think I can have patience without like thinking about a relationship. Yeah. You know, like we're thinking about selflessness mm. as being one of them, kindness. Yeah. Like you, those don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. They have to have a mode of transportation and that mode mm. of transportation is relationships. And I think Jesus is a perfect example of like how God made us relationship be- mm. relational beings because he's a ra- relational creator. Mm. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about like everything when it comes to those ideas of that? Yeah. I love how you said, um, I forget how you said it already, but like the mode of transportation yeah. is like their relationships. I think I just totally agree with that. Um, kind of to the point I was making earlier, I think that the only way, isn't there, I'm not, I'm not great at Bible verses, but like, isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a verse that's something like, the way the world will know, you know, me is through, through when Jesus is talking to the disciples, mm, saying mm-hmm. like, the world will know me through how you kind of interact with them. And so I think that points to, again, this idea that God is known. I don't know if this is true, fully true either, but God is most known through other people. Mm-hmm. I think God reveals God's self through nature. Um, prophets. Prophets, yeah, but... I I see God uh, most clearly um, through the relationships that we have with them. And that's for better or for worse, right? And I think I've known lots of people in my life who, through relationships, have left church or left their faith or um, had a really, really tough time, like, reconciling, um, you know, the ways that they were treated with how they thought they saw God, and now it seems like, you know, they've stepped away from it. Um, and I've seen the reverse, right? People who um, were away from their faith or, or not like me, not not at all connected to any faith, through relationships uh, come into uh, their understanding of God and Christianity. And so I think relationships, for better or worse, um, influence how we see, connect, and want to be in relationship with God or with whatever, um, you know, faith traditions you might be, you might be from. Mm-hmm. Like you said, for better or for worse, when it comes to relationships, because you may have interacted with people that weren't so great or friendly, mm-hmm. um, and that may influence the way you view God. Since totally. we are made in His image, well, I believe that mm-hmm. um, that we are made in His image, and His image is relational. Yeah. And um, if we are bearing His image, we want to do that in a very effective way, like yeah, Jesus yeah. did. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, I think effective and. 
honest and true and kind and gentle, you know, all those words, mm-hmm. um, all those ways. So, yeah. Um, my next question to you, um, kind of goes into the image of God. Um, what is your thought process when you hear the word made in the image of uh, the phrase made in the image of God? Mm-hmm. What comes to mind for you? Made in the image of God. I think of the word. Um, it doesn't have to be a word. It doesn't be a phrase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Phrase, I think of the word, phrases, whatever. I think of words like, like preciousness. I think of words like. Um, the image that comes to mind is um, like if I have something really expensive that I don't want to like drop or, or, or scratch or, or mess up or I, I want to treat it, you know, like it's worth everything that I got it for, um, which is not, you know, I'm not saying that like people are possessions or things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm mm-hmm. just saying that this idea that wanting to treat someone or in this case, you know, another person, the image of God like very gently. I guess that's just the word I, that keeps coming to mind is mm-hmm. because you are made in the image of God. I have a responsibility as a Christian to see you as more than the worst thing you've ever done. See you as someone who has, you know, this, that, or the other made this decision, um, who has made this mistake or made this, you know, X, Y, Z negative thing. Um, uh, because you're made in the image of God, I have a responsibility to, um, treat you kindly and gently and generously. And that's kind of what comes to mind when I think about it. And, and I hope that people, um, I don't know, see that in me as well, uh, or view me, I guess, in that way is what I'm trying to say. Um, because it's really serious to, um, as Christians, to believe that we are made in the image of God. If that is really, really true, um, then I really think it make it really could change and should change how we are interacting with everybody, whether or not we love them or we hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, all this is e- way easier said than done. Yeah. Because um, I mean, geez, uh, the amount of times I've treated the people I love the most really, really poorly, um, it's it's terrible uh, at times. But if we are really made in the image of God, it's really. That's a really serious thing and something we really have to be mindful about and cherish and um, I don't know, think deeply about what how that would change my interactions with others. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm speaking totally in the ideal state. In the ideal um, state. Which, you know, I, can, I couldn't give you a percentage of like when I'm living in the, <laughs> in the ideal state. But uh, so, yeah, that's what comes to mind. It's, yeah. a, it's a really serious thing. Yeah, and I do you think it's important to understand how relationships work mm. um, on, on like, just like reading relationship books or anything like that? Do you think it's important to understand how those relationships work to, one, um, bear the image of God in a mm. very responsible way mm. um, and then also track back to the belief of if we're treating people this way, um, this is what, like, this is how Christ followers should yeah. be treated? acting yeah i think the answer is for sure yes um you know i think i learned so much about people through my major as an interpersonal communications Mm -hmm. major um that whether you know took a bunch of classes on 
conflict and family and leadership and intercultural communication and uh, like speech, things like that, you know, all those have influenced, really, really influenced me in how I think about and treat other people. Um, and I think I would be foolish to say on my say on my own accord, like, that I know all there is to know about relationships uh, mm -hmm. because just of my life experience or, or whatever. Uh, I'm someone that loves to learn and loves to grow. And so I think that's also what's influencing my answer to say, yes, there's always so much more to learn about um, how to like be amongst and with people. Um, an author that you probably have heard of is named Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. Probably dozens of times. She's, she's great. She's sad. She's great. She's, awesome like i have this love-hate relationship with <laughs> Brene brown because whenever i read her books um i get this feeling of like ah you're right <laughs> you know <and> she, <laughs> she writes a lot about relationships and mm -hmm. like oh, i guess i do have to think about that or oh, i get that is a that is a very useful skill Brene brown to whatever it's about listening or talking mm -hmm. or whatever um but she has done tons of research on yeah, like human connection and, and and meaning. She just came out with another book. And um, it's amazing, all, all the books that I've read from her that just give me more and more insight into uh, this thing that's called like a human relationship. Um, and she sprinkles in there like the, the idea that there's like spirituality tied to that. And mm -hmm. I think she would call it a God or a Christian God, but you can insert any religion there and, and, mm -hmm. and insert like a spirituality or a spiritual dimension of people. So yeah, there's so much to learn about relationships and people. I, like I said, I listen to tons of podcasts and I've heard um, people like, uh, I think her name is like Julie Gottman. Um, mm -hmm. It's like they, her and her husband do like the Gottman Institute on relationships. They have a whole app on relationships, a, a book on it. Another person named Esther Perel who um, wrote a book on like why people have affairs and just like the insight into, and I've only heard her speak for like two episodes, but insight into, yeah, what makes people like choose that in, in a marriage or in a partnership. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's a lot to learn about relationships out there. And I feel like I know, you know, 10% of it. Uh, mm -hmm. There's so much more that I, that I want to and wish I could know. Yeah, and I think learning about those relationships, understanding people will give us more uh, sympathy. Or mm -hmm. no, is it sympathy? Maybe empathy, maybe? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, actually, I have it right here because oh. I looked this up earlier today. <laughs> um, it, empathy. Yeah. Empathy, because empathy involves yourself, uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding why they may or have these particular feelings. Yeah. So under, I think that's so crucial um, to have empathy um, is just by reading up on relationships. Yeah. Why do people have affairs or why do uh, people bottle their emotions? Why do people not want to be vulnerable? Why do yeah. they want to be this way or mm -hmm. why are they so extroverted, introverted, learning yeah. about all the things that make humans humans and relationships is such a big part of that because yeah. we're such relational beings, communication beings. Yep. Um, I think it's so important to just keep consuming information mm -hmm. um, 
on the topic because empathy is really um, what will bring us to a deeper understanding of God. Oh, yeah. So. I agree. I agree. Yep. Well um, said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh quote goes, um, learn from others because you don't have time to experience everything yourself. Mm, and so good. that's what's so great about empathy is that you don't have to experience it yourself. You just have to mm. imagine experiencing yeah. it yourself. Yeah. Um, so, or look at somebody else's mm. experience and pretend you're in that situation. And I think that's what's so powerful about storytelling. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be on a movie screen. <laughs> um, yeah. It could be testimonial. It could be um, a book. Mm. It could be research. Mm-hmm. Research is storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, science is storytelling about the universe. Math is storytelling mm. about the universe. It's just like writing things down, being able to understand people, things, um, will ju- I think will just help us learn yeah. more about God. Yeah, absolutely. So. Cool. Yeah. All right, so my next question uh, for you would be, um, do you think it would be appropriate to anthropomorphize or personify God, bringing him into our three-dimensional plane? Mm. Um, is it because he, he was, he was Jesus. Yeah, I guess. Um, so do you think there it's appropriate to keep doing so? And if it is appropriate... In what ways is it beneficial? So just to clarify, and when you sent me that question, I was like, I, I didn't, and I didn't look it up. Anthropomorph, anthrop- anthropomorphizing, anthropomorphizing. Yep, it's means- the act of um, basically giving human characteristics mm. to maybe non-human things. So mm. like a cartoon will anthropomorphize an animate object, sure. Or animals like Tom yeah, and Jerry, yeah. they yeah. walk on two legs. Yeah. They act like humans in a certain way. That's anthropomorphizing. Okay, so, yeah. uh, do you think it's appropriate to do that with God? Because mm. um, he was at one point all, all human and all God. Mm. Um, do you think it's still appropriate to do that? If not, or if yes, um, uh, what are the benefits or what are the downfalls? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> One that I will say I've not given a lot of thought to. Yeah. Uh, I think my answer is probably um, like we can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think because, you know, I, you know, I have these fingers and these toes and these hair and these eyes. Um, but that is like my, the only way that I experience the world and therefore the only way sometimes that I can imagine what God is like. And to your point, you know, I guess he did, God, God did become, you know, take the form of a human through Jesus. And, um, so there's like the Jesus character in the Bible, right. That like is a full human and experienced the full range of what it would, what it meant to be human, to be born and to die and everything in between. Um, so I think my answer is that I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I just feel like we can't help it. Mm-hmm. I do think the so I'll speak to the upsides and downsides of that. Upsides is um, kind of back to that point of the image of God. Hopefully that means if I believe that, you know, or if I think about God in some human form and believe that, you know, God 
is or the people are made in God's image, and hopefully that means that I'm going to treat them in this, you know, not just respectful, but like um, altruistic, lovingly, you know, kind way. Um, and so I think that's really, really positive um, because we're able, because I believe that I think it, it forces me to treat the people around me with more kindness. I think the biggest, down, biggest downfall is um, that I might just not see anything else as God. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think somewhere in the world that God can exist or, or God can like be present, whatever word you want to put there, um, in things like nature and things like animals and things like uh, you see in the natural world, you know, mm -hmm. oceans, trees, plants, dogs, cats, pigs, you know, um, I do think um, because I don't see God in, because I see God as a human, I don't, I fail to see God in maybe any other p potential way that God could mm -hmm. exist in the world and therefore might just might not treat it as well um, as I might treat another person. And some, you know, truth is I don't treat people all that well. And so what does that say about how I might treat um I don't know, some, something that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just listened to a podcast today about um, this guy, and I'm certainly not, well, I'll just go, I'll go on my train of thought. Um, it was about this guy who um, was trying to help save the whales back in the 1980s, and one of the ways he did it was by capturing whale sounds uh, or, like, the songs of the whales and playing it over the radio waves and kind of influencing big people to... Uh, or like influential people at the time to like empathize with the songs of the whales, and the point was before that people were killing whales and 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 sort of treating it really poorly until we were able to see it as maybe something that we could connect with. Then we started treating it well, and so I guess that's my point is mm -hmm. if I if I cannot see God in any other way except for as a human, then I, I'm probably not going to treat it as as gently or as kindly as I might treat another another person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think those are the pros and, pros and cons of anthropomorphizing God. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a question I like yeah. to think about because uh, there are downfalls of thinking of, of him as human all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but there are also beneficial things like how would I feel if, uh, you know, I was pursuing, you know, a friendship with someone or a relationship with someone. And then they just kept rejecting me and rejecting me and rejecting totally. me. I mean, just thinking about that from God's perspective as a human, yeah. you know, that would be pretty painful. And, you know, like we have to, I think that's a beneficial way of thinking about it. But I also think it's beneficial to mm. see God in other things, like you said, like um, nature or something else. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. As we wrap up yeah. here, I have um, one more question for you. And it is, there's anything you've learned from your life um, and your relationships um, that helps you envision God, um, what is it, and how can people apply that to their lives? Yeah. Can you ask it one more time? Yes. Um, what is one thing um, you learned from your life and your relationships that has helped you understand God and your relationship with him hmm. and how can people apply that to their lives? Yeah. I think about, and I, 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 
I hesitate to share this example only because I don't. So I'm, I'm going to give an example with my wife. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I hesitate to give this example is because uh, I think sometimes like marriage is just so like held on this pedestal sometimes mm-hmm. in Christianity that like it's the only way that you're going to be able to like really truly know what it's like to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with God. I don't think that's true. Um, fully true at least. Um, but this is the best, best example I have. I think what I've learned through my relationship with my wife has been that she's probably the only person that like I've shared things that I didn't even want to share with. And that's, that's not necessarily like ugly things about my past. It's just like things that I think about and things mm-hmm. that I fear and things that I love and things that get me really excited. Uh, things that I feel scared to really like um, kind of the, the range of feelings and emotions. Um, I've been able to share with her slowly over time. We're married almost three years, I think, or a little more than three years. Um, and I think what I've learned is that I can share those things with her and like be okay. She may not have an answer. She may not always even be 100% supportive of it, but she sees me and hears me and um, still loves me even through like the thick and thin of all my thoughts. And so um, it's been the most, um, like the word I've used throughout my marriage has been like, I feel like there's just a mirror in front of me and I'm just like seeing myself truly for the first time. And so uh, I think I, I think, I think I can apply it to God because um, I think a, a relationship with God can be similar um, or in the same kind of the same wavelength. God can be some something that I share the range of emotions and experience and thoughts to from the most excited to the most scared. Um, and God can see that and handle that and see the good and the ugly and still love me. And I think that's probably the thing I've learned from my relationship with my wife the most is um, maybe despite of who I am, um, that she still sees and loves me. And I think that's true about um, how God sees and loves us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's very important to have people like that in your lives. It doesn't necessarily have to be a marriage. But, totally. Um, for those people who think they're called singleness. <laughs> yeah, it could be I, yeah. it could be God yeah. or it could be a really 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 close friend. Oh yeah, absolutely. But and and I, I will say marriage that does have that benefit. It does have that benefit. And I will say that I have really really good friends that are not that obviously I'm not married to. Mm-hmm. Um who I could say very similar things to. Mm-hmm. Like I th- I'm thinking of one of my good friends, Luke, and he is someone that I just have a really special bond with and just uh, I, he's probably the the one person even beyond my wife that I'm able to just like share like weird thoughts to and say like, I'm really feeling this or experiencing this or, uh, you know, thinking about X, Y, Z. And he takes it, doesn't judge me, listens, asks questions. It makes me feel really, really loved. So um, I agree. It doesn't have to be only in marriage. Not, not at all. So what's a discipline that people can try to practice Mm. with that information? Yeah. Is it looking in the mirror? (laughs) I think it's um, talking to yourself how you would talk to other people. Um, And what I mean by that is whenever I 
I don't know. If someone comes to me and talks to me about their problems, um, I'm often like, that's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, you be kinder to yourself. Be gentle. You know, you're learning. Whatever. Like, I'm really, really generous to them. Um, and then if I go through the same thing, I look at myself and say, wow, you're such a piece of crap, God. <laughs> like, you know, I knew, I knew you were this, you know, gum at the bottom of my shoes kind of person. Um, so I think, again, my phrase is something like, talk to yourself how you would like treat a friend mm -hmm. or treat yourself how you would treat a friend. Um, because there's like generosity with other people. And I, at least for myself, there's not often generosity for, for myself from myself. Um, so I guess it's kind of mirror ish <laughs> to go with that, uh, with that thought. Um, I think that's the discipline. Like whenever I can't say I do it well, but mm -hmm. there have been times when I've started thinking certain things about myself and whatever the situation might be. And then I've had to pause and say, would I say that to someone else if they were sitting across mm -hmm. from me? Mm -hmm. Um, more, more often than not, the answer is like, no way. Like you would totally say it's going to be fine or slow down. You're, you're moving too fast. Um, mm -hmm. but talking to myself in that way, um, is a discipline I think that someone could use. Well, thank you for yes. joining me on this podcast. And now you're going to start your own, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that one. This looks like, this is a lot of fun. Uh, um, well, maybe I'll have you back on then. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that, that would be fun. Part yeah, two. Yeah. yeah, part two. Gus Tiffer. Uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, we'd love to thank uh, Gus Tiffer again for uh, taking time out of his life and discussing relationships. And if you've got them, you're welcome on this podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> really all right. Fun. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a good night.